This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah folks we got a fun show for you today and pretty much an interesting show because in the top of our hour in our show here our talk topic if you will i'm going to review marvel's modok starring pat oswald as the big hitted member uh leader of aim And I'm going to give my thoughts on this show. And I think you're going to be surprised as to what I'm going to say about this show. So stay tuned for that on our talk topic of the week. We also got some other news in the DC world. We also got some trailers to talk about and my thoughts on Army of the Dead. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Alrighty, folks, let's start with some DC news here. Titans season three coming in August. I am extremely looking forward to this season. Uh, last season was so awesome. I mean, the first season was good. It, it started off slow, but it ended up picking up uh, in the other second half of that. And it just got really good. But season two really picked up with total 180. They added Slade Wilson to it, AKA Deathstroke and had their version of it. I believe S.A. Uh, Morales was their Slade uh, as opposed to Arrow's um, Manu Bennett, who, and let me tell you, both of them did great and a lot of people wanted to compare titans season two to arrow season two because arrow season two was the you talk about everything you can say about arrow season one was great but it was 
undoubtedly season two when Deathstro came in made a major difference in how that show went off in in popularity because the rivalry between Oliver Queen and Slade was unbelievable and we kind of got the same type of depth within this the the Titans version of Slade Wilson so I am looking forward to it uh but we left off with with a story kind of the b story that was kind of prelude to probably what's going to happen this season involving starfire and blackfire so uh i i'm excited i'm really excited i love the show and for people who don't know greg berlanti is a part of this version of it too he handles everything the berlanti uh studios handles everything and they were they're allowed to be a little bit more edgy and you know take the gloves off on this one so i i really enjoyed what they did here it was awesome and so we got you know the news from the cast on twitter announcing that the show is on set film they're on set now filming season three and from what they say is going to be epic crazy and and there will be some heartbreaking moments on there uh I'm, i wouldn't be surprised because we got a lot of surprises in the last two seasons and i can't wait i want to revamp and all that again and re-binge and I, here's the thing a lot of people didn't get a chance to see see the first two seasons because it was on the dc universe app and that was the app that you it was another streaming app that you had to subscribe to and uh, you know truth be told they probably didn't get that many subscribers i subscribed to it at one point um and then it got migrated into hbo max so now it has a wider base uh viewership now which is awesome this is a, a huge advantage to them so that, this is why they're getting a season three they deserve to get a season three because this two seasons were awesome they put a lot of production value into it the acting is really well done i enjoy it um there was only a minority a vocal minority of haters out there the grumpy smurfs out there that it's just just you know they're, they're bitter they're bitter they just want something to displace their anger on and they always find something so why not titans <laughs> but at the same time you know the fan base is gonna is, it was already big enough for them to keep another season to do another season so i expect this fan base to even grow because it's on hbo max now but if you haven't got it gotten a chance to watch it and if you think that it's going to be anything like the arrowverse no they're able to take a little bit more liberties because it's on hbo max so you won't there's some things that you will see on this show that you will not I'm talking profanity, I'm talking nudity, I'm talking sex scenes, whatever, all that stuff. You know, they kind of have a little bit of a, I don't even know if it's PG-13 or rated R at this point, but it's, it's some, it's, it's really, really, really violent <laughs> in comparison to everything you see in the Arrowverse. Um, and if you like, if you've gotten a chance to watch Doom Patrol, it, which Doom Patrol is a spinoff to Titans, by the way. Um, if you like what you saw there, this is you know you're gonna like what you see on on titans but it's darker there's less comedy um and i think they do it right i think they really do it right I, the cost from the costumes and everything i think they've done a great job with it so i am looking forward to it. i've been waiting for this season to come because like i said last season has just been awesome so i am i i we got a lot to look forward to in 2021 it's, it's great to be a fan again after all the stuff that we went through here so to, here's to it if you got hbo max man you're in for it go out of your way check out the first two seasons of titan you're not gonna be you're not gonna be disappointed so um 
we're going to keep on the DC news here because, uh, you know, if you have been following the Arrowverse, uh, you know two things. The Flash's uh, season is on. And also within that, Cisco and Tom, uh, and, and, uh, Wells is leaving the show. Tom Cavanaugh, who is possibly one of the MVPs of this show, bar none, since day one. Um, he played... Uh, he played the character of he played a lot of characters okay and uh he he played wells in a uh, harrison wells in here and since day one which ended up being you know earbard earbard uh phone aka the reverse flash and then you know because of his popularity they kept finding ways to bring him back and you know using the multiverse as an excuse to keep him on the show so we got to see different versions of tom cavanaugh and each version was just awesome because he can he's just multi-talented as hell and it doesn't stop him from doing anything else because even though he's leaving the show he will be directing once again uh an episode not of flash but of Superman and Lois, the latest DC Arrowverse show that's out right now. And that shows I look, I'm loving that show so far. I love I love this new feel and direction and narrative that they're going with uh, Clark here. And he you know, I, I love that they're humanizing him more and more every time we see him, no matter whether it's an anime uh, animation form or it's on you know, live action for him. They, they're really, they've really done a great job humanizing him because one of the biggest complaints about Superman for decades um, was that he was just too perfect. I mean, you, you had this alien who just happens to be white. Say what you will. He's Kryptonian, but he's a white Kryptonian. And you have him become the spitting image of what they made him feel like which was america and he's the regardless of him being alien he's still you know it, you know when people if people take off the idea take the take away the idea that he's alien he's a white guy who's just the former perfection he couldn't be hurt he couldn't be you know he's the smartest person in the world he's the fast one of the fastest person people in the world now he never did wrong so i'm glad like when the 90s came they started kind of tweaking him a bit you know started giving him some type of uh, weakness of some source whether it was socially or um whatever or you know with the kryptonites or whatever it, it just it, you know he he was his uh his persona changed the the very mythology of him started to change to meet with the times and i really enjoy it i can enjoy him much more now than i ever could because i didn't i never liked the idea that he just he couldn't do wrong he couldn't do any wrong he couldn't make mistakes I, that was the other reason why i always flew uh, flocked over to peter parker because peter is normally everybody can relate to peter parker the persona of peter parker in a sense like he what he was a geek he was a dude who just wasn't accepted he was a dude that had to you know prove some things he had you know he had trouble with women he had written pro pro problems and stuff like that you know I love that people can relate to that and that's that was always the the dynamic between marvel and dc is that dc was all about fantasy marvel was about fantasy based on reality you know but now dc has done a great job implementing that aspect as well so it in with this show it's really awesome because you got him you got lois with the two sons jordan and john and um jordan and john 
format is really interesting too. So I really, I, cause I knew about John from the comic book, Super Sons, but now they added Jordan into this. And now there's this really interesting dynamic with him going on here. So I am really looking forward, but back to Tom Cavanaugh in here, he will be directing the season finale of this show. Um, this show has been really, really good. And I think he will do a great job because he's done it. This is not the first time he's worked on a Arrowverse show. He's also directed the 100th episode of The Flash. And that was a great episode as well. Uh, the man can do no wrong. <laughs> he, I mean, technically, he almost is like Superman in this case. But he does everything. He's, he's pretty awesome. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And I love this show from a standpoint that like you you it's relatable especially when it comes to jordan because jordan is the big i think jordan's actually the biggest focus jordan is a is a, is the son of superman who is developing his own he's starting to experience his kryptonian pubic abilities before his brother john who in the comics actually already has those powers and by the way i don't recall there ever being a jordan in the comics so this is a whole new fictional character if i'm correct and so he's getting this and i i do believe john is going to get power sooner or later I, I i totally do because he has it in the comics um but he has these abilities that he's battling not only that but he is he is also battling challenges like um social anxiety you know while trying to adapt with this new way of life because they all moved into smallville and such so I, I, it's one of those situations right now with jordan it's like okay is he going to be able to handle all these problems or is he going to end up turning evil and i, I just they have you in this direction they have you in a place as a viewer where you don't know where this direction is going to go but you're so intrigued by it that you just you're sitting to wait and watch every week to see where his journey is going to go because he's in the middle ground right now and he has this power that he doesn't know how to do work with and he also has these issues in high school and, and his, trying to cope you know with himself and he's kind of introverted and stuff like that so I, it's, 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 I think these seasons are going to be awesome. And guess what? The budget in this show is huge. If you have not watched the show, like I think they took the budget from Legends of Tomorrow and some from Arrow. Uh, well, definitely from Arrow, but some from The Flash as well. And maybe some from Supergirl because the production value that they put into this is it, it's like a step up from all of the other ones. And that's saying a lot because the flash and supergirl all had like big movie budget type of uh special effects in there and i think i feel like they kind of toned it down a bit and in, in, in the recent episodes and all of a sudden we watched super, uh, Lo superman and lois and some of the things that are happening in that show man i mean you can really tell they kind of you know restructured the budget to fit some things around so uh, i'm looking forward to it uh, tom cavanaugh is the man he is just a man. He does. I swear to goodness, he actually deserves a nomination at best because the guy can. He is. He is. He's just ridiculously talented. <laughs> it's just awesome. I mean, at one point you could you could laugh. He 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 reminds me of John Lithgow, and and you know rest in peace Robin Williams to an extent because, um, 
John Lithgow is one of those actors who can make you laugh and then scare the living hell out of you. I mean, really, really scare the hell out. Like he could turn it, he could turn, he could just turn around just like in a snap and just become the most heart wrenching, creepy, thrilling type of uh, person you could ever see. You do not want to mess with Tom Cavanaugh. <laughs> you don't want to mess with John Lithgow as well. Like you'll hear him do uh, soup commercials at one point. You hear him in Third Rock and the Sun, and then he's a serial killer in another movie or something like that, and a very convincing one at that. Tom Cavanaugh has the same thing because when he was playing Harrison Wells, it was one thing, and then we found out he was Eobard Thong, and it and he turned it around, and he had you in, you know, at your feet, creeped out, like especially when he when he tried to kill. Um, Cisco the first time around, Psh, dude, I was, I was done. I was all, I was totally drawn into his, his character and his ability. So I'm looking forward to that. So one more piece of DC news here. This is, this is huge. This is really, really huge because if you're a gamer of an, in a, in a comic book reader at that, then you know, this basically DC announces that an anime an animated version I need to really make sure I say that right. An animated version of Injustice is in the works. This is awesome news, but I'm also not, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical about it. Not because they are uh, not because they won't make a good movie. They definitely make a good animated movie based on this, but this is a movie based on a game created that was created by Ed Boon. And it was, uh, you know, another realm studios with a awesome story about like an elsewhere, uh, like sort of like an elseworld version of, you know, earth, this earth just happened to have Clark Kent go rogue, go evil because of the death of Lois Lane due to the Joker. What does he do? He kills the Joker. It turned him to evil to this day. He changed his whole entire ideology of, of what justice really is. And there was a split. There was a, a, a definite split of philosophies here as to how things should be handled. You know, then you got this rebellious group of heroes versus these rogue heroes that are, have just taken over, you know, the world. So now we got this situation and then it would happen with this with this game series is that it it ended up becoming an actual comic book and i thought it was going to be like a short term comic book because every once in a while you have a video game that comes out and they do a, a short term comic series for it and that's it no injustice became a actual long-running series that everything that happens in the in the comic also happens in the game almost like how uh lucasfilm does with, with star wars the star wars universe so you know they they really ran with it and it and it, injustice the comic became a major major uh successful comic series um and then they did injustice 2 which was kind of leading to the uh the story of uh cara danvers um i'm sorry cara um I say Cara Danvers. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. Yeah. Um, so, because I, I always get it mixed up with Captain Marvel, too. But, um, you know, Supergirl was involved in this one, too. So, I love this story so much. 
because it was something unlike anything I've ever seen from the DC universe. Of course, I don't read DC comics as much as I probably should, but I'll, you know, my, my fandom for DC is mostly for the games and the animated series and such like that. And then the movies to some extent. And I, I, I really think that they should respect the cop, the actual game itself. In some cases, I like that they're doing an animated movie, but, um, I also like the fact that the game itself is a damn movie. Like everything, the narrative, the story, the characters, everything. It just made me think. It was like, I, at one point, I wonder if game stories, if, you know, the, the production of a game, you know, I know we got the game awards and we have all these other awards uh, ceremonies for games and everything, but why is it that these games aren't being recognized by the Emmy, you know, by, by uh, the Emmy uh, awards, you know, or the Golden Globes and all this stuff. Like, I, I, I really feel like that at, we're at this point where the the committees of the Emmys and the committees of the Golden Globes should start looking at these games, looking at the stories of these games, because they're providing the same narrative, the quality of narrative and production that a lot of movies are doing. And they, some of the actors from those movies and directors and writers and everything from those movies are doing putting in the same production in these in, in these games. Like then justice alone could be it, it's it's a movie in itself. Mortal Kombat. It's a movie in itself, like anything that you see with a major production and it involve actors or whatever, a movie in itself. And if it provides the same type of narrative, you get the same feeling and excitement and enjoyable and enjoyability that you have in a movie or a TV show or whatever. I think it I think it warrants a nomination in itself. So I, I sometimes I wonder, if, you know, should the Emmys get uh, should video games get an Emmy? That's something I might actually, you know, put up on the ACMG Facebook group because I'm really interested in what people got to say about that. I think they, I think they deservedly so need to get a nomination or a new category for video games, uh, for video game narratives and, 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 you know, productions and also, and, and here's the thing, the Emmys over the years and the Golden Globes, especially uh, both of them have been getting some flack over some of this decisions that they've been making, the the politics that they've been doing in there and some of these, you know, more, especially when it comes to representation and stuff like that. And they've been losing ratings as a result. I think if you really want to get the younger generation to be a part of this, I think they should add a video game category to, uh, you know, for the, for the Emmys and for the, I mean, why not? Like Troy Baker, Nolan North, those two alone should have been nominated for Emmys and, and the Golden Globes ages ago for for their work because they've done tremendous work. Fred Tatashore has done like Fred Tatashore in, 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 in the game Judgment. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. Like this dude does no wrong. Like and I'm not just saying it because I had, you know, I had him, you know, as a guest, you know, at one point. But um, I I the, the guy's so talented. Kyle, Kyle Abert, very talented. There's some talented, talented, talented folks that deserves a Emmy nod at best, that deserves an even award at best. Like, it, it just can't be just about what you're doing uh, outside of video games. 
I think video games should get a little bit more caliber. And I think if they really want to actually step up, get those ratings and get that younger demographic, why not add video games as a category? You know, not the gameplay, of course, but the the app very, very well, the acting. But I think also the game like it needs to be, which is here's the thing. I think that the committee needs to up, like I said, their representation needs to be upped. They need to not only have a diverse committee now, they need to also have a group of people that understand what it is to play a video game, not to be in that experience. It can't be just about the acting and also needs to be, you need to be immersed through gameplay as well and all this stuff. So I think there needs to be a committee of gamers or people in the game industry that totally understand like a Chris Melisinas or something like that, that can really tell you what makes a game really good. It's, you know, you have somebody who loves the acting really well, but you have somebody say like, okay, to counter that, how's the gameplay? Does it really grab you in there? You know, stuff like that. I really, really, really think that that should happen. So we'll see, but nonetheless, there's no date uh, announced yet as to when this is coming out. There's only, this was only a short mention that they're working on it. So now you got to remember DC fandom is in the works for this year as well. So that's going to be later on this year. So best believe that if anything, we're going to see, we're going to hear an announcement or even see it, even a trailer or whatever, whatever's, you know, happening, it's going to be mentioned possibly on DC fandom. So stay tuned for that. So let's move on to, let's kind of actually segue from gaming news. We go from one game to another Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, as we know, we saw the first movie. I loved the first movie. Really well done. Actually, probably one of the better video game movies to date. Uh, that and Mortal Kombat. And this, so I'm, we were very excited to hear that, you know, part two was coming. And lo and behold, the plot has been leaked. I actually, I mean, we kind of knew some of what was going on because there has been a lot of leak stuff going on with that, with the making. They're filming it now. And there were pictures already shown online of standing uh, statues of Sonic, uh, Knuckles, and Tails in there. So we knew that Knuckles and Tails are going to be in there. But now there's another leak here happening. And a Twitter user that goes by the name of Ninja Risu uncovered a copyright uh, filing from paramount pictures and sega for the upcoming sequel the plot takes place back in green hills where sonic is uh being left on his own while tom and maddie go on vacation meanwhile dr robotnik uh returns with his new partner knuckles in a search of an emerald that has the power to build and destroy civilization most mostly most likely i should say that's a chaos emerald I want my thing is I'm wondering if there's just going to be one emerald or is it going to be like the seven emeralds that you know you can find in the game that turns him into supersonic and it's this got to be leading this has to be leading them uh this into into sonic becoming supersonic I think if they we have this film or any of the films that they're making he doesn't go super it's gonna be disappointment there so tails makes his appearance uh if you guys remember we saw him at the end credit of the first movie uh he comes to team up with sonic to stop them from retrieving the emerald so I mean, he's pretty much he kind of knew what was going to happen it the leak was there but it was like nothing really shocking as to what the story was it, it kind of plays into itself we kind of knew this was going to happen so 
now you don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious how this movie's gonna go i mean any fan of the series knows where this where, where this is gonna go how this is even gonna end in this case but the fact of the matter is it's how they put it all together so i'm looking very forward to this uh, i really really enjoyed the first movie uh when i reviewed it last year and it was just it was pretty awesome so last this is last but no not the last bit of news um thoughts on the snake eyes trailer I, it's been so long since we've seen anything from paramount <laughs> pictures and gi joe whatever like that it kind of forgot that this was coming but it, it was always talks that they were doing some type of other they were going to be doing another movie and a spinoff to the gi joe thing and looks like we finally got it they're not if you thought that they were giving up on gi joe you are sadly mistaken because it is still here to stay and for those who hated it for some odd reason i loved the i really 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 love the first two movies because and, and i'm really giving it that praise because here's the thing what were you expecting it's gi joe i i hate when people try to make a like a movie rather it was a rather it be a popcorn movie or a movie based on something maybe a cartoon or animation or game or whatever make it seem like it needed to be a bigger deal than it was like it's supposed to be an oscar worthy film no it's based on gi joe alone is based on a cartoon series that was based on a toy line the cartoon series which was a lot of fun which was awesome really didn't really it wasn't perfect by any stretch there was it was not perfect it had so many flaws in that cartoon you know especially when we look back at it now and i always feel like when people complain about these things they don't they're just thinking on instinct but they don't look back they don't really really look back and they go by their memory and their memory and their and their nostalgia of what they loved about the film but if you go back into these films sometimes you start noticing some things that you didn't notice before because when you were a kid it was just all inspiring we never seen anything like it before but now we go back with modern day gargles especially because we're seeing a lot more things that evolve from those cartoons and from them you know projects and we see that we see the flaws that has happened gi joe is not perfect even in, in its original uh, series there were a lot of flaws there's a lot of questionable things in there so why is the gi joe franchise why does the gi joe franchise need to be better my only complaint about the first gi joe was in fact that there was only like five joes there wasn't like a team i mean it kind of was but they didn't really highlight the i even the second one they didn't really highlight the idea that gi joe is a force gi joe is a military force that just happened to have these elite you know members to them i, I you know it otherwise i thought they did a pretty good job but it was pretty watchable it wasn't like the greatest thing on earth but it wasn't the worst thing in the world either you know they got the parts that they needed raced you know um firefly they got right i think destro was awesome i thought baroness was pretty cool i thought storm shadow was pretty good and of course we had snake eyes which at the time was ray park you know everybody's favorite you know martial arts stunt dude and toad <laughs> and, and, and uh, darth maul of course who played snake eyes but now they have a new actor in here so i mean because now this is going to be mostly snake eyes without the mask for the most part but this was a minute long trailer 
And it was just all action and suspense, complete with a car uh, chase scene uh, where Snake Eyes is sword fighting with like en- like a couple of enemies on top of a fast running car. Uh, someone is talking, you know, about the long history of the clan that Snake Eyes belonged to and Storm Shadow belonged to. And they show the Ninja Temple followed by a one on one battle on the top of a roof. It was a lot of clips and editing in this scene. Uh, another scene shows a man asking Snake Eyes to join his clan. We see a bald headed warrior who tells uh, his journey from, uh, it, well, he tells him basically his, his uh, him that, you know, this is your journey to, to the, that you need to decide on or whatever. Um, we see Snake Eyes with the iconic helmet as the logo appears along with the release date of July 23rd. So it's coming in a couple months, less than a couple months, I should say. And actually, oh my God, today is the 23rd of uh, May. So yes, uh, two months from, from today, it'll arrive. So um, as I'm tape, as I'm recording this, it is May 23rd. So it is two months from this recording that it'll be out. I, I look, I'm excited. I'll go check it out. It was it was enticing enough to see. And, you know, I, I'm really I, I you know, I don't expect I don't expect anything from this movie. I just expect it to be action packed and fun. Um, the plots need, you know, they need to make some sense, but not like it could be. It, I think room is always left open for them to go deeper but not, you know, but it doesn't have to be that deep. I, I don't, I don't understand this hugely significant, you know, uh, sophisticated narrative that came out of GI Joe. It never was. It was always an action. It was always about action. It was always about to, I, people always, I, I, it gets on my nerves, the internet. <laughs> it gets on my nerves sometimes because people try to make something bigger than what it was. And GI Joe was not that big of a deal. Transformers. I am a huge Transformers fan. Transformers plot wasn't that big of a deal. They had flaws as well, but I still love both of these franchises. Okay. So like, whatever, (laughs) I would be surprised if they screwed this up. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. And some movies just need to be treated as that just fun. We're not looking for Oscars for everything people. So just stop. So, all right. My last bit of discussion here involves army of the dead this is kind of slightly a review sort of kind of but you know real quick i got a chance to check it out i wasn't i was really hesitant to check this out because i'm not a big fan of zombie movies or zombie anything zombie outside of the walking dead and i even stopped watching the walking dead but drew me to the walking dead basically because it wasn't a zombie movie it was just a it was a really a a show about society and sociology and sociological uh, issues and situations and how people handle themselves and in, in, in the face of a post-apocalyptic, you know, post-apocalyptic zombie nation, you know, and that was the deep part. It was the it was the character development of it. And that's what made, you know, Robert Kirkman a genius at this at, at writing in this case, because, you know, yes, there are zombies in there, but that's not where the focus is at. So, um, Army of the Dead, you know, Zack Snyder's latest project. I, I should also say Zack Snyder and his wife's latest project because his wife is always right by his side and, and does a lot uh, with these productions as well. So, you know, credit should definitely should go there as well. Um, 
But Zack Snyder's, you know, they, they label it a Zack Snyder's movie. But his latest project starring Dave Bautista has arrived. It came out this week. And I didn't know what to expect. I love Dave Bautista. I love, I, I've always been a fan of him. As a wrestling fan, I've always been a fan of Dave Bautista. Just like one of the coolest, you know, wrestlers, the coolest badass wrestlers out there at the time. But then he left the WWE, thank goodness, um, for his sake and found value elsewhere. And he's at a stage right now, like he doesn't have to ever go back to the WWE. And I'm very happy. I am so happy with the direction that he's been able to go and the, you know, where his stage was. Because, I mean, now John Cena is the next one. John Cena, like it was funny because John Cena was the biggest star in the WWE for years. He was their Hulk Hogan. He he actually was a better Hulk Hogan than Hulk Hogan. Let's let's just be real about that. I mean, like legit, legit. John Cena is a better Hulk Hogan than Hulk Hogan. I wasn't the biggest John Cena fan. Oh, I was when he was Thugonomics, but not when he, they made him like a real American hero type of thing. But to his credit, in outside and inside that ring. He was a better Hulk Hogan than Hulk Hogan. I will say that to this day. I will defend that. Um, I mean, God forbid if we ever hear any scandals or anything, but he's never been that dude. He's been just an ace outside and inside everywhere he's going. Dave Batista, another dude. Like, um, But when, you know, Cena was still in the ring, Batista went out doing acting and everything. And, uh, you know, you when, when, when wrestlers become actors, you know, it's a rarity that they really shine and make it and, and make make it past that glass ceiling in Hollywood. The Rock is the only one that just literally shattered it. I mean, shattered it. He 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 made it president. For, that he gave opportunity. And I'm not giving Hogan that credit because Hogan, when Hogan did that, when Hogan became a actor outside of wrestling, all of his movies was kind of hokey. They, you know, they just went off of like, okay, here's Hulk Hogan in a movie. When The Rock did it, it was like, okay, The Rock is in a movie, but Rock isn't in a really established movie with some really established actors, and he's able to keep up with these established actors, and these award-winning actors, and he has the charisma, like he has that 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 Will Smith charisma to be able to keep up with that, you know, and it's 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 afforded him many more opportunities to him becoming the highest paid dude out in the game that was being run by a lot of other people <laughs> okay so um now we got batista out there and thank james gunn because if not like batista's been in a lot of films prior to guardians of the galaxy but if not for if not for like james gunn really kind of utilizing him and accentuating the positives and hiding the negatives of his acting abilities back then I, we would not see him in the stage that he's in today, and he was able to, you know, really help Dave Batista become the dude that he is today. I mean, it's it's undoubtedly. Um, and now I think Dave being kind of the lead of a Zack Snyder movie is a huge deal. It's probably one of the biggest things he's done to date. And I got to tell you, Ben, he, he I think he knocked it out of the park. I think he's improved greatly in his acting abilities. I, I, I couldn't be more happy for this dude. And uh, he was awesome in this movie. Take no shorts. But this Army of the Dead was not your normal. It was not your normal zombie flick. It was more action movie than it was, you know, horror anything. It just had had, had horror elements in here. Had some really shocking moments in here. But at the end of the day, it wasn't meant to scare you. It was meant to shock you. 
it was meant to excite you. It was meant to have a lot of fun watching it. And that's what it did. And I thought Zack Snyder did a great job. And also, I want to give credit to Zack Snyder because there's people out there who want to you know, dog him out for doing all these same type of things, these signature things that he's known for doing, the slow-mos, the, you know, the overly, the overuse of visual effects and everything. No, this was a total different movie. It's, it was very exciting. Um, there were no slow-mo moments and all the stuff in there. And he, you know, what, like you would see in 300 or you see in Justice League or whatever. No, he went a total different direction. It still worked. I still love what he did here. Um, but the movie was awesome because it wasn't a zombie movie. It was a zombie it was a zombie movie, but it wasn't like a zombie horror. It was a zombie heist movie. It was Ocean's Eleven meet Resident Evil. Okay. So, you know, you got Batista and a group of all these group of, um, you know, uh, mercenaries, if you will, that are asked to do a heist and they are going in here and, you know, they're going into Ground Zero, which is basically Las Vegas in order to get the, uh, to get an actual, uh, you know, just, just get into this vault with money. And there's also a little bit of a, you know, B story to this as well. You know, Batista's daughter uh, is in here as well. And she's she's um, trying to get in and save a friend of hers, which I think, my God, I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it, this this movie is still fresh. It is still absolutely fresh. You know, it just came out. So I'm not going to spoil what happened, who did what, who didn't last, whatever like that, because you got to watch it for yourself. But just the first 15 minutes of this movie, it was just. It was awesome because it kind of told a story to itself. I felt like the first 15 minutes was his own movie. And then everything that happened after that was the sequel to that movie. <laughs> so there was also there was so much, you know, story to be told here. And while it was playing, you got, you know, a different version of um, Viva Las Vegas, you know, that was you know, a version of Elvis's Viva Las Vegas that was playing on this scene. So that was awesome. And that's something that Zack Snyder is always known to do, too. He always had the intro, the introductions of his movies play with these really cool songs that really work well with it. We saw it in Watchmen. We saw it in Justice League and we saw it in here as well. So I thought that was pretty awesome in there uh batista plays the character scott ward um like i said who's asked by uh bly Ta uh, tanaka to return to the ground zero and everything so it ends up being a little bit more than what they bart what they uh asked for in this movie you got others some great characters in here as well you got theo rossi uh from sons of anarchy who i loved in that series playing a character named bert who is kind of a he was like the perfect prick and he was always harassing sexually harassing the girls in, in, in the camps and everything or in from what I was from what we learned a little bit more in here so you got Tig uh, Natoro who is a great comedian absolutely phenomenal comedian she's playing Marion Peters who's you know the quintessential uh, helicopter pilot of all horror movies or action movies or whatever like that um, Raul Castillo plays mickey who joins the team because of his internet fame of taking out zombies like a video game like like uh dawn of the like a uh, house of the dead pretty much in the hood and everything you got amari hardwick who's playing van who is pretty much i like to call him the mother's milk of the group from, like if you watch the boys there's a character named mother's milk he kind of you know he kind of plays into this as well uh and then i gotta tell you 
this movie had the most headshots I've ever seen in any movie, rather zombie or whatever. Ever, I think they should get, they should get like a world's record. I'm not sure they probably get a world's record as to uh, the headshots that everybody gets in this series. It's just perfect headshots all around. I watched the movie Wanted, and I don't think they ever had this many headshots here as well. So, um, overall, I'm not going to spoil anything about the rest of the movie, but I felt that it had me glued to the screen for two hours and 26 minutes. It is an awesome movie. I highly recommend people check it out and i actually wrote about it um in our acmg facebook group and posted about it and a lot of people a lot of people dug this movie it was like only one person who said that it was they were disappointed by it and um and they just unfortunately they you know they just it was like literally one person who didn't like it but the rest of everybody else like really dug it one uh shout out to my um, acmg member one of the first one of the first people i actually interviewed uh jen uh Cass- um Cassidy, who uh goes by the name of echo endless she also works for um czw wrestling you know combat zone wrestling and uh here in philadelphia and <laughs> jersey and she's a wrestler that goes by the name of echo or endless, I believe. And she was, a, she's a cosplayer that I've, um, interviewed like a couple times in my, when I first started with ACMG, but apparently she was one of the zombies in that movie as well. I thought that was pretty awesome to hear and, uh, guaranteed a pretty good experience. She said it was, and I, from what she said too, is like, um, it was fun, but it was crazy too. Um, she said it was days. They were 12 to 15 hours uh, and it was uh, seriously cramped uncomfortable conditions i'm sure like these movies like when they do these a lot of these movies it's not just like an easy breeze you're going to be working your tail off you're going to be into some really interesting conditions but it you know at the end of the day it's like you know this is what people this is what these people go through in order to make a great film i know a lot of people you know on online who like claim that they want to be actors or they want to be voice actors or they want to be uh you know anything animators game developers or whatnot but when you find out the grind that you got to go through in all of these even what i do in this case you know they kind of step back and really kind of think like okay maybe i don't want to do this maybe i just want to appreciate it and then there are others who like okay i under i respect the grind that is going in and i still want to do it you know you got you know that it, it's not for the weak at heart and this was a great example of it she said the great part about it though is that they put everybody up in hotels so that was pretty nice and yeah you know the budget for this thing was huge so i, I can only imagine that that's exactly what they did in this case and you know that's pretty awesome but you know she's always been you know echo always she's always been doing some awesome things she's just an awesome human being and uh that's really cool that she got to be uh be a part of that film and and not only that she's a makeup artist too so this is right up her alley she's a makeup artist and if you ever watch her on um zzw or watched her cosplay as echo endless she loves playing uh uh, cosplaying as she-hawk that's when i first met her wizard world 2013 and she was dressed up as the red um as uh betty ross uh she-hawk and it was just it it stopped everybody (laughs) it was she was she looked awesome as the as the green or the red um she-hawk it was just beautifully done so uh, it's, it's pretty good go out of your way to check it out it's in uh netflix right now two hours and 26 minutes you can't go wrong zack snyder kudos to you my hat's off to you folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're gonna take a break come back and we're going to review marvel's modi what did i think of this series we'll talk about that right after this 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my unfortunate review of Modoc, uh, Marvel's Modoc that just arrived this week on Hulu. Before I even say this, and I shouldn't have to say this because if you're a constant listener of my show, you know full well that I am a Marvel fan. I've been a Marvel fan since I was a kid. I've read Marvel comics for ages. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I always defend the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I will always also say that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not perfect. And I don't know if I can connect this to the Marvel Cinematic Universe at all. This this is just a total separate project. But they had their flaws. But, you know, more six, way, 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 way more successes. But every once in a while, they have little side projects. And not all of them work. I mean, we saw that with um, with the likes of, let's see, it, the, the uh, Inhumans series, which it wasn't the best thing in the world definitely wasn't the worst i think it was more or less how they presented that series and when they did the whole imax thing and they didn't put in the production value that we were expecting it kind of left us a little bit disappointed and a lot confused and then also the lack of production too with certain things uh especially with medusa when it came to that situation that's a whole thing um the defenders I love the Defenders, but I also know that there were flaws in the Defenders. There was a lack of budget budget situation in there, and there were some things that kind of, you know, dropped the ball, which is why, for some reason, they're not trying to even recognize that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though it is a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I remember seeing the, what was it, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh assembled episode when they talk about behind the scenes of that and i believe that one of the producers or whatever <laughs> literally said that they're trying to make a series of shows that are deeply connected to the marvel cinematic universe almost in a sense of not recognizing ages of shield and the punisher and, and and all of the other netflix series and daredevil and all the netflix series that came before that which is a load of crap because they were successful they were highly successful luke cage broke netflix Okay, they better not ever try to dis, uh, enfranchise that with the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that was an awesome, awesome series. But it, like I said, it wasn't perfect. And then we get to Modoc. This was a this was their 
attempt to be have a comedy series based on one of our beloved supervillains and you know he's getting a lot of exposure lately because of the marvel uh the marvel avengers game which had its moments but i i can safely say that that game is as it's way better than it was when it first came out in crystal dynamics i'll give you credit they 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 deserve some credibility for what they've had to go through to put that game back into what it needed to be especially now that it's on a ps5 but modok was the big feature there i thought that from a story standpoint the modok storyline was awesome and you know here we have Patton oswald who i'm a huge fan i am a huge fan of his work i loved him on king of queens i love his comedy specials he's and i love him in ages of shield yeah i love everything that Patton oswald do that has done until this show and it's not his fault he he's great as modok in here um i don't think this is one of those situations where it's the actor's fault per se it's the writing it's the storytelling it's the narrative and this was their chance to you know have their own version of an edgy comedy like that of harley quinn that we saw on from dc uh that was absolutely awesome start to finish that show was absolutely fantastic here they're trying to be edgy but not too edgy and you could tell that they're just putting their foot in the water of edginess and i feel like because they're in the disney banner they can only go but so far they can't go too far like I, it, it really i'm really I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with uh deadpool now that it's under the disney banner um because <laughs> they got away with some things when they were fox but now fox is you know the fox brand itself is owned by disney and we'll see how far they go but if it's anything like this i'm i think we're gonna be in for a disappointment i try my best to really i i, I had to i had to struggle getting through these episodes because what is happening here is that you know it centers around you know modok and his struggles to maintain control of Abe because this new conglomerate is now taking over the company and it becomes a situational comedy. It literally is a sitcom in itself where it's just, to me, it just didn't work. It didn't work. They, what they did, and I thought what they did wrong is that they put him, they put his character out of the element of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the Marvel Comics Universe for that matter and put them in a situation comedy. And to me, it just fell flat. And I tried, I tried, I I think I, when I, the one time that I laughed at any of these episodes, it was like a short, light smirk. And the rest of it, it was just like, I'm just going through the motions. They, it was too focused. It was way too focused on him having a wife and a in and and kids and in this situation. It's like very domestic situation rather than him being the focus of what he does and have them doing comedy around the cinematic, the comic book universe or the cinematic universe for that matter. It just did not work. It did not work. Every episode that I watch, and there was a deeper plot to it, yes, but 
the idea of him having his wife and his son and you know i guess they it, i guess they were supposed to play around the idea that he's jewish or whatever like that whatever um which it, it did it didn't really do anything it didn't really do anything to me at all i didn't like the idea um i thought his son was i thought his son was cool like his son was just trying to was a cool you know outworldly type of you know cat you know i thought I, the son was cool i thought the son, actually the son to me was probably the most intriguing part of the entire series and i thought he was the most probably enjoyable part of the series but everybody else to me like modok just being in this in these other type of situations they did have some villains from the universe but they were all just taken out of their element and put into another element that didn't just match up to me and i i, I and it was sad it was it's a shame because they had such a great cast here i mean some appearances bill Hader was in here and nathan fillin was in here uh, he was playing simon williams uh whoopi goldberg was in here playing as maria pouncey they also had um melissa for uh, Fomero, um who played melissa uh tarleton who also is in the marvel avengers game as well she's like a big deal in, in that game series and, and they have their back and forth every once in a while as well because they're you know this is a person who lived up to modok and wanted to work with modok and they have these scenes and there's the comedy there's no real nuance to the comedy it, it, I, if i could even say comedy it's just it's very stale it was just tremendously stale i couldn't get into it at all um it, luckily it was just 10 episodes but it was just 10 episodes too long to me um every episode i was just hoping that there was something else and they did have iron man in there and that was that was okay um you know john ham played iron man you know in there and i, I, I just i it just it, it really did bother me and i was trying to figure out why this didn't work for me and then i kept thinking harley quinn i kept thinking harley quinn and what they did there and i rewatched the first episode of harley quinn and that's all i needed to see because i knew if i watched that that series i would just go deep into it again but what they did and i think what they did right as opposed to what this show didn't do is that they didn't like i said they took them out of the element whereas harley quinn they stayed in the element of of the universe that they are in and did the comedies within that element they never took her out and say like okay now she's owning a ice cream shop or now she's you know working for a corporate or whatever like that no she, or she was married or anything uncharacter you know they played to the characteristics of the of each character in there and they played to the characteristics of the universe within there and they made the comedy based around that and then also on top of that dc took the kid gloves off they let them go beyond edgy they were it was also oh violent it was also oh great um and there was there was no limitations to what they do they took so many liberties with the characters on the, on on the harley quinn show that it wasn't funny and even more i would even say i would even compare modok to harley batman and harley quinn which also was a show it was a movie that they took a comedy approach on a buddy cop comedy approach on and it was done very successfully it was hilarious they were still in their element they were still within their characteristics and they did make comedy based off of that now it wasn't as edgy and over the top as the dc universe aka slash hbo max series which if any of you have not seen harley quinn the series go out of your way to watch that series it is 
absolutely awesome. And uh, Kaylee Coco is Harley Quinn from Big Bang, and she does tremendous in this as Harley Quinn. The comedy, the writing in there is just so off point, so fast paced. Um, G, uh, JB Smoove is on there as well. Ron Funches is in there. Um, Jason Alexander is in there. You got comedic actors and comedians in there that are doing so well in there. Whereas here, you got Pat Oswalt, who is a comedian, and then everybody else is an actor in a comedic film. And Bill Hader is always great in these things. And John Hamm is always pretty good in these things. And Nathan Fillon is always great in these type of things. But they're not like really, really, really comedic actors like the ones that were in there. They, like, I thought they did so well in there. Here, it was it just made for a... It, it, like I said, it was a stale experience. I can't really... I can't really... Um, you find another way of saying this but i would have loved to this to be i love for this to be better and even here's the other other part here's the other part that i thought it was a big negative to me and this is for those unfortunately who like robot chicken this was very robot chicken heavily robot chicken influence and lo and behold even before i saw the credits i said this and then lo and behold at the end of the credits i see seth green as the co executive producer for this i don't know why he's saying co-executive producer this has his finger to his fingerprints all over this show the way that it was produced the way that it was um the 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 lines the way that it was the the, the comedy style um the animation style it was just all robot chicken and this always reminded me as to why robot chicken is great for only 15 minutes and then even so even so with the the skits that are in robot chicken are only like a few seconds because if you stretch out that type of formula in a half hour to me it doesn't work out it just doesn't work um i just didn't enjoy it at all it was like a long robot chicken like type of a thing i i i, I for the first couple seasons i was i was down with robot chicken and then I think they got out of the element of the nostalgic factor and they still go back and forth. And I, I do, I will say, I do want to watch the Archie special that they're doing. I think it's tonight as we're recording this. It's, uh, I believe it's prayer tonight because I'm an Archie fan. So I want to see what they do with that. Um, but nonetheless, Robot Chicken, I have, I fell out of Robot Chicken ages ago because the, 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 the spark and feel and the, and the appeal to it has really died down to me after a while and you know I, as much as I, you know i do find it funny that like seth mcfarlane makes light of that and and, and they in seth green also they make light of that in the family guy episodes of the situation with that show um it has lasted this long it is still a it's it's a it's a different show but putting it into this format to me for me and you gotta you guys gotta understand this is my opinion. This is my show. This is my platform. But it doesn't mean it is the end all be all of answers. Okay. I just want to snap people out of that and put the red pill into their throats to let them know that, you know, this is the way I see it. Maybe you agree with it. Maybe you don't. But I, for me, I, I this was just not a good show. Um, this is not, I felt that they could, I feel like they could have done better in terms of dialogue, in terms of just, storytelling and, and 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 just they could have done a lot of great comedy with this i i honestly dc does such a great job 
not being afraid to you just let their characters do whatever even in t titans go t titans go they do everything they take so many liberties with those characters it isn't funny i feel like it was just they were just they were trying to be edgy but they were more conformed than edgy and it's because of that that i think that to me that this show was a fail um i won't necessarily give it the lowest grade possible but if in turn if i give this a grade i'm sorry modok uh you get a d for this this may be the most unsuccessful thing i've watched in a marvel for anything marvel's done uh to date i mean and it's sad because like i said if you hear me talk about anything marvel on the show you know i give it great praise this is not going to be one of them this is a rare grade that i get for anything and i'm selling you i i just can't mess with this show at all if they're if they get a second season that's awesome for them but i chances are i probably won't watch it because i just couldn't get anything about it yeah i you know the crude character design you know character designs of the figures and whatever like that the stories the character themselves and i you know it 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 didn't do it for me this was the buzz killington of comic book animated uh tv series for me uh so yeah dude uh this gets an absolute d for a grade and that's rare for me to give anything for now so take it or leave it i would love to and you know what's even worse i haven't heard anybody talk about this show on my acmg facebook group or even on a social media period i it, it, it just it, I, I i'm gonna look at some reviews and see what they say but um yeah i couldn't i couldn't get down with this uh i i don't i don't blame the actors i blame the writing i blame the direction uh that's pretty much it with with that so uh take it for what you leave if you go if you you know or checking it out let me know what you think so folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live i hope you guys enjoyed this and every episode that we have one which you can find on our brand new talktimelive.com website you can check it out there you can check out all of our episodes easily from our new search engine that is better than ever much 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 improved and if you want to find our select start video game podcast you can find it on air just type in select start if you want to find any of our talk time live exclusive episodes you can hit type ttl exclusive and it'll all pop up there uh we got a lot of episodes there all of our episodes should be on air and all of our video episodes are on air as well we have a video page on air that shows all of our video interviews uh some of them which i i've uploaded from the past for instance our ariel r johnson episode the owner of amalgam comics she is the first black woman to actually own a comic book shop in the east coast and she's gotten a lot of praise for her shop uh amalgam comics and coffee house is just an awesome place you can check out and uh the interview that i had was an interview from years ago where she was featured in an issue of marvel comics the number one uh invincible iron man number one with uh riri johnson and her coffee shop it's just an awesome thing to have and i interviewed her when she got that on i interviewed them i interviewed her right before abc news got to interview her on that as well so uh i thought that was pretty cool so you can check that out it's a really cool interview there but also our press interview from keystone comic-con with the one and only legendary voice of batman kevin conroy that's on air as well so you can check that out the cast of naruto and much much more is on that page so you can check that out just so much content and more to come as well remember i told you we have our my first blog entry that will be coming june 1st so stay tuned for that but not only that we also have coming this week 
speaking of Talk Time Live exclusive, the return of Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Barato, the voice of Joe from Kid Cosmic, and the voice of Sailor Jupiter in the upcoming new Sailor Moon movie coming out June 3rd on Netflix. It's going to be seen by everybody. Uh, get ready for that. She is coming on to the show to talk about that, to talk about her experiences. We got a lot of catching up to do since the last time she's been on the show because she, I'm sh- pretty sure she has an adventure of uh, things to talk about since the last time we spoke. Uh, she's moved down to Georgia, so I definitely want to hear about that uh, experience there. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. And then also coming in June, we have the Repop Metaverse. I will be hosting it once again uh, with the cast of Sailor Moon. Uh, you'll learn who will be on that show. Well, Sailor Moon. So you know Sailor Moon is going to be one of them. Stephanie Shea is going to be one of them. But we're going to have other guests as well. And you're going to love who I will be, uh, who will be my guest on that one. We also have the t- uh, cast of Bleach. Stay tuned for that. We also have the cast of That Time I Was Reincarnated Into a Slime. I am looking forward to that one as well. You can find all that on findthemetaverse.com. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. Uh, get ready because the metaverse is coming and they're bringing you the best in all things anime as well. So stay tuned for that. And if you want to check out any of our episodes, if you want to you know, subscribe and download to on your favorite podcast platforms, you could do so on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Popping, TuneIn, uh, Pandora, Pocket Cast, and yes, the Tumblr community. I look out for you as well. So, you know, you, there's anywhere, everywhere you can check it out or check our show out. So folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, love all things, anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I M out there. Have a great week and get ready because I'm returning to the metaverse very soon. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.